You are now tuned into the DFPN, the Datfilin Podcast Network. Salute Podcast. You're always in the service of drinking. Salute Podcast. You're always, you're always, you're always. Always in the service of drink. Yo, what's up? What's up? What they do? Welcome to another episode of the Salute Podcast. It's your boy, retired Chief Master Sergeant Pat Wilcox, aka the Hip Hop Chief. Conscious rhymes of the group Purgatory. The salute is a is a is a forum for all military members, either they you know active duty, if they you know I mean uh, vets, no matter who, man, whatever your affiliation is with the military, it's a place for you to come in, and you know we show you love on here. You got hip hop, any of the elements of hip hop, which is b boying, uh, um, break dancing, uh, graffiti, DJing, um, uh, poetry too, and production. You know, whatever the elements of hip hop that you do, this is a place for you to come in here and and, and we show you love and you you, you just do your thing, man. So um it's we 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 always in the service of dreamers. I mean if you if you you've been in the service and you're a dreamer, this is this is the spot for you. Um we want we want we want to make sure that that we all represent it, because there's been times when we wasn't represented out there, but this is a place for for all of us, man, to come and do our thing. Um the show today is 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 gonna feature one of my 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 good friends, man. Um, one of my my partners in rhyme, um, my brother, my brother from another mother. Uh, we've been knowing each other about about twenty four years. When I say it's conscious rhyme from the group Purgatory, he is the other half of Purgatory. Um, we met each other back in nineteen ninety six. Um, I, mean, I was a young new cat to the Air Force, straight from Miami, mouthful of gold teeth, not knowing nobody. So I get to the to the to the to the Air Force base, and I'm like. Yo, I, need, I you know, I don't know nobody. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna keep my door open and hope anybody walk by. I'm all dressed to the nines. I don't have no place to go, <laughs> but I got the door open. Just so happens, my man Chuck Cook, he he, he strolled by with, with my partner here, man. Now you know, I'm 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 chopping up with him like, what's going on with him? He's sitting there looking like Debo. I was like, damn, I'm saying, who this cat? You know, what I'm saying <laughs> he ain't smiling, he ain't saying nothing. I think he's gonna swing on me in, in a minute, you know. But you know, we we went out that night. We chopped up, had a good time. Come to find out, he stayed right down the hall from me in in the in the quads in at, at Tindall. and then we just uh, just formed a friendship. And then, and then one day, he I was like, "Yo, I, I I do I rhyme, and I want you to check out this 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 uh this joint I got, man. You know, check out what I got going on." I let him listen to it. He was like, "Yo, I, I rhyme too." I was like, "Whatever, man. You know, cats say they rhyme, they be garbage, man. This cat <laughs> this cat spit a sixteen. It's about the hottest 16 I heard at that moment. I was like, oh my God, man, what you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what 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 is this? You know what I mean? But it was it, it, it was dope. And I was like, so from that moment on, man, we just we just kind of clicked. And it, it was been, been me and him doing music ever since that moment. I, I have seen this man demolish, you know, demolish folk, you know, or just 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 rhyme, just killing them. I call him up, hey yo, man, come over here. He come over there and he just demolished dudes, just battling, destroying cats, man. I mean, I mean for sure. Uh, I, I've called this cat 
you know, at the Challenger in, 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 in Korea. We, we we get ready to battle. I'd be like, yo, man, come, come through. He come through there with fuzzy slippers on, standing in line, battling cats with fuzzy slippers on. He just... It just, it just, it just, uh, it, just, it was a match, made, you know, made in, in, in heaven, man. And and most of the time, when I'm talking about, you know, anything, especially when it comes to, um, you know, music or some some history or hip hop with me, um, I'm definitely this man was right by my side. But before we get into the show, I'm gonna get into and let him let him do his thing and, and tell us a little bit about him himself. But before we get into the, the whole show, man, I gotta shout out my sponsors. So you're gonna see him at the bottom down here. I'm I'm, I'm gonna give him a little love uh, downhill. Uh, number one. We definitely want to shout out, you know, that feeling network for giving us the platform. Thank you very much. Because if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't have this platform at all. Uh, shout out to Audio Swim. Shout out to Premier Element, my man Shorty Pimp. What's going on out there? Shout out UAE. You see here. Shout yeah. And shout out um, <coughs> Patreon. Patreon. Thank you, Patreon, everybody that sponsors us. We appreciate you. Thank you very much for all that you do for this, for, for that feeling network and for the salute. So without further ado, without further ado, I'm going to let my man, you know, I'm going to ask him a couple of questions like I did last time on the show with, with, with Black when he was on here. I'm going to ask my man a couple of questions, you know, and I, I, I interject here and there, but this, this, this is mostly for him, man. And, and at the end, you know, we're going to have something special for you at the end, just like we did with, with, with Black. We're going to have my man come on here and, and, and do his thing. So without further ado, my man, Op Solo, what's, what's good? Tell me something about yourself, man. Tell a, a little bit about you and, you know, introduce yourself. Um, First, my name is um Tavares, Tavares Laurie, a.k.a. Op Solo. Um, <clears throat> one thing I want to correct him, he must have forgot that – um. It's 2021. It's actually 25 years. Right, right. So, <laughs> so used to 2020 that we forget that it's another year. So it's actually 25 years. But um, here's Tavares Lawyer, born and raised Southside Chicago, 312-606-XX. Um, came in the military, came in the military in um, 1993. I was 17 years old. Mom had to sign a little document to let me go do my thing. Came in. Um, I was. I was originally. I was originally came in as I had a top secret. I was working in cryptographic, you know, communications, you know, fancy stuff like that. But my um, first, my first training training station was actually at the same BMT that's at um, San Antonio, Lackland. But um, once I finished BMT, I went right across the street to do tech school. Well, I just turned 18, my 18-year um, birthday. And um, needless to say, <laughs> a lot of partying, a lot of girls, and um, I washed out. <laughs> I washed out. And a lot of people don't know. That's basically saying that the original career fight I in, I, I, didn't, I didn't cut the mark because I failed some tests. Or I wasn't able to do some hands-on stuff. But really, what it came down to it was actually the test because I was so busy partying, girls, whatever. Like my mind wasn't focused. So, mm -hmm. uh, first sergeant, he was he was a tall, tall cat, about six foot six. I never forget him. Senior master sergeant Gips Gibson Danner. Um, but the cat called me in his room. He used to call me Shottown because you know I was from Chicago. So he's like, Chi-Town, he's like, if I kick you out, what you going to do when you go back home? And I just told him straight up. I said, you know, 
I said, if I go back to Chicago, I'm, you know, I'm going to hit the streets. It's like, what that mean? I said, I'm going to hit the streets. Like, you know, I'm just get out there. And, you know, I know some people that's in it. You ain't going to say mm-hmm. their names, but I'm going to um, join forces like both times. He's like, no, nah, you're not going to do that. <laughs> like, what you mean? So he was like, what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you three choices. Um, he gave me three choices because my ASVAB, for a lot of people don't know the ASVAB, that's the test you got to take to come in. My ASVAB scores was really, really high. So he's like, I'm going to give you three choices. He's like, you got a cop, a fireman, or you can do this job right here. I was like, what's this right here? He's like, this job right here, you're going to be dealing with AWACS, airplanes, E3 airplanes. You're going to be doing this and doing radar and all this. And I was like, oh, man, I'm I'm back. So I got into that curriculum, went to Keesler, went to Keesler, um, 1994, got through that. And then I went to my first duty base. My first duty base was Vegas. Love that. I was there for two years. And then after that, that's when I came to um, Panama City. Um, But the way it went is the duty base at Vegas was phasing out. So they came in. We had a team to come in and give people choices where they can go. So the guy was like, you can go to Virginia or you can go to Florida. Now, at that time, the only thing I knew about Florida was loop dances. So it was it was no question that I was going to go to Florida. So came to Florida, 1996. And then that's when that's when I hooked up with um, that's when I hooked up with Pat. Hip hop group hooked up with him. Joined forces. Voltron and um ever since then we got ever since then we got together at um at Tyndall, Panama City, it seems like our lives just mirror. He got stationed in Panama, I got stationed in Panama. He got stationed back in Florida, I got stationed in Florida. He got stationed in Tampa, I got stationed in Keyway. He got stationed in Korea, I got stationed in Korea at Osan. He got stationed. He got stationed back in South Carolina. I got stationed in South Carolina. So yep. it seems <laughs> our careers, not only just our careers, but also our our personal lives. He got married. I got married. You know yeah. what I mean? It went. It just went like that. But um, but as far as the um the connection with hip hop, I've been doing. You know, I I've been I've been messing with hip hop since 1979. You know, the Sugar Hill Gang. But um, when I really, really got into it is after I heard um, a guy named William Griffith Jr., a.k.a. Rakim. When I heard in 1986, it was like yeah. I had my first little pad, my first little rhyme. So after that, it was a rap, and I've been doing it ever since. So yeah. 86 to 9, is that 30, 31? Yeah. 30 years. Yeah, 31 years of my 45 years. No, it's actually more. See, 36. Yeah. 35, 30, 35, 34 years, something yeah, like that. 34, 35. Yeah. yeah, 35, somewhere around that. My, my public math is a little bit off. But ever since then, you know, I've been in it, and um, we didn't have the opportunity to go different places, rock different countries, um, different crowds, and, you know, I love it. You yeah. know what I mean? Been doing it ever since then. Yeah, man. Full, full disclosure. For everybody, full disclosure, when when um when uh, when um MRK from that Philly network approached me about you know kind of doing this podcast, um 
he wanted me and our solo to do this together. You know, you know, things happen. We wasn't able to do it together, but just, you know, before to be out there, he always have a home here. Anytime he want to come on here and he want to, you know, just want to join in and he decide he want to be a host, we'll, 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 we'll make that happen. You know, we just got good chemistry and this is, uh, you know, um, this, this is, this, this is, this is for him. And, you know, as well, this, this is his home as well, man. The, another, another thing, man, when you're talking about being at, uh, at Keesler, well, people don't know you was there with my cousin. So right. I had a cousin that passed, uh, and, and was my inspiration really for joining the military. Cause I wasn't going to join the military. I was in Miami, mouth full of gold teeth, chilling, you know, doing what, doing what I was doing, having fun, you know, not really ever thought about being in the military. She kept, she was stationed in Alaska and she would always tell me, you know, she about going into the military, but it really wasn't, I said, I'm not doing this. And then she, you know, accident happened. She, uh, she, she got killed. Uh, uh, she was struck by a, a motor vehicle. Uh, and, and that kind of just, you know, really, I said, man, I, this is the way I need to go. And he was there with, with my, with my cousin. So, you yeah. know, I think this, this is all just a match made in heaven, man. And something just supposed to be, and I just think this one of them situations uh, that was supposed to be. Now I, I was going, you know, I was going to ask you about where all the places you, you, you served at, but you kind of touched on them already. Uh, we, we did serve a lot of places together. We, you know, we had uh, yeah, a lot of fun together. Uh, you know, we, we talk about Panama here. I'm sure that's going to come up in this, in this conversation that was one of our best i'm sure we both will agree he, he talked me into going to panama because i was not going to panama panama he was like you need to go to panama i was like no nah, what you talking about man but i'm so happy i did <laughs> and i know that's going to come up in this conversation but just, just hold tight we go we're going to get to it because i know it's been for to come up so i'm gonna skip to the because we talked about some of the places you've been uh uh you know uh, unless you want to talk about some of the places deployed you can talk about that too but uh um, the next thing I'm gonna ask you, man, in, in, in what way did the military influence your talent? It's a big question, uh, but I think I think it's a good question. I mean, well, um, many ways. Um, as as far as as far as um, when, when I first came in, like I said, when I first came in, I was 17 years old, straight out of um, Southside Chicago. Didn't know nothing but Southside Chicago. So one of the first things when you come in the military, one of the first things they teach you is how to be disciplined, how to be independent. Um, there's many, I think there's many, many things that I learned in the military that translated into hip hop and how, you know, how, how I do what I do, my talent. But I think the biggest thing, the most impactful for me was the discipline. Um, coming in the military, they teach you discipline. It's, it's, it's grained in you. You wake up at a certain time. When the podcast says 7.30, if you ain't there, contact 7.15, you already late. If you don't start 7.30, it's, you know. So everything was really, really structured in basic training. That translated into, you know, the music when we first started making, when we first started making, making music and start going to studios. Now, for a lot of people that don't know nothing about the music and studios, time is money and money is time. So oh, if you okay. go to the studio, you go to the studio and they say, well, we're going to book it for four hours and an hour is two hundred dollars. That's eight hundred dollars right now. You can finish early. <clears throat> so that discipline came like this. Before you got to the studio, you had your rhyme down. You got that on time, <laughs> down. It means you had to run down. And what that means is this. 
You spent the, the the least minimum amount of time in the studio. You come in, knock it out, get it done. Now, a lot of the you know a lot of the individuals. I can't say all, but many individuals that never went to the military, they go to the military. They smoke, smoke out, and they just go and just hang out, play around. And I don't have I don't have a problem with that. That's their creative process. That's their creative process. But I just know for me, and also for. Uh, the chief, hip hop chief, that's how we are. We go to the studio. We already know what we're going to do. It's already there. We go in. If we're going in for an hour or four hours, it's done like in 30 minutes mm. because we'll come spit one time, maybe spit another time, three max to get it down. And then after that, lay down the ad libs, listen to it, and it's done. So I would say the, I would say the, um, the discipline really that translated into efficiency and the talent of hip hop with, with me. I think that's one of the biggest things that how um, the military affected, affected me and my, my talent, what I do. Yeah, man. Um, I can say, you know, it's the same thing, man. And you know, just so people don't know, man, my, my man, he, 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 he was a stickler. I mean, if he said be there, at this time, you had to be there at this time. He was he was the dude, man. He, people used to get mad with this cat because he was like, yo, I didn't, we supposed to be here at this time. You costing us money, man. He was the one. I mean, him was kind of always on the same page, but I know he used to get on dude's nerve. You know, we was in Korea. We we talk about that. We was in a, in a group called Andromeda. Um, we did some things. We was in Korea, you know, and we, and we continue to do things with, with, with our brothers. We still we still rock it. But, um, you know, he, he was the one. I, I ain't going to lie. <laughs> you, you, you. If he got on you, you knew hey, you, it was something serious because he was like, yo, you need to get it together because, you know, like he said, time is money. And so I think that that did the same thing for me. And it started making me, you know, understand. And then, you know, nowadays we all got our own studios. You know, me and you, we, we, we record anywhere we want to record. We just went to Miami what, a month or so ago and recorded. We just went in a hotel and me and him just got together and started recording. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, you know, you can do it anywhere now. But back then it, it was a different situation. But even then in Miami, with the example of Miami, even then the, the 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 discipline it translated that too because we was only there for two and a half days. So we yeah. you know we, you were seeing your granddaughter, your daughter. You know we we had the things we were doing. So it was like when we said okay, we're gonna do this on this time. We was able to do that in that time and knock out what about almost 14, 13, yeah. something. Yeah, something like that. So even then. The, I mean, the, the, the discipline trans, translates up. Yeah, man. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we did do that, but we knocked them out pretty quick. So, yeah, mm -hmm. man, I mean, you know, and, and for jobs and stuff like that, for young people that's trying to get jobs and whatever, that discipline worked that way, too, because that's why they like to hire. I think I said that last time. That's why they like to come to hire us, military veterans, because guess what? When we say we're going to be there, you know what I'm saying, if, if the job start at 7 o'clock, you know what I'm saying? We did that. We, we did damn what? 645. So, you know, 640. That's also, that's all the thing you spoke on that is it's also translating to the shows we did when we was in Korea. I forgot, man. Yeah. We did shows. Hey, we was there. You know what I mean? At the time, they say be there. Whatever obligation we had, um, the professional, the professionalism too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, it yeah. translates many things. Yeah, man. It's it's yeah, it's, it's a good quality to have, man. Uh, for sure, man. So you know, here's another one, and you know, me and you, we've talked about this a bunch of times, man. And we kind of, you know, we 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 uh, 
we came to some different decisions, but ultimately it was the same decision as time went on. But my question to you is, um, did you ever consider leaving the military to, to, to go after your music dream? I mean, yeah, we, 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 I mean, yeah, going back to, um, 2000, 2003, 2004, when we was mm -hmm. in, uh, we was in South Carolina, we was in yeah. Shaw, you know, something South Carolina. I mean, that was the, that was the, that was the, that was the pivotal point for us as far as stepping up the seriousness, mm -hmm. um, the seriousness is as far as the, um, music. I mean, that also, not just with me and you, that also went to, Andromeda. Andromeda was a group that we formed when we was in Korea in 2001. Yeah. So when 2003, 2004 came along, we saw we saw a lot of the the low level fame that we was getting in Korea. We saw that a lot of people liked what we were doing. So mm. from a decision, we was gonna you know do this full time on the outside. Now um, that was 2003, 2004. Um, Pat got out first in 2003. I got out. When I say got out, meaning we ended active active duty. We went yeah. from active duty to reserve. So here's 2003, March 2004. We supposed to go back down to Miami, but you know my thing was, I guess going back to that original question, um, how the military affected affected my career. That goes into this because not only affected with the discipline, it also affected with the practicality. Yeah, you know, for me. I'm a very, very practical person. So at that time, I had certain things that I had to take care of, but I still love my art. So it was like, that was a, okay, okay, we make this move. How are we going to do this? You know what I mean? So the practicality to me, it was like, okay, I'm going to get out. We get the availability. And then I came, I, I, I came, down to, um, came down to Florida for a little bit. And then after that, we were still doing the music, but it was it it was never it was never a complete stop. Let's go do music. It was never that because I, you know, going back to that first question, the practicality mm -hmm. that I learned in the military, the discipline, the practicality, it just wouldn't allow me to just say, okay, let's go do that. I got responsibilities here. Don't I'm not gonna worry about it. And so that was the that was the point, but in time it worked itself out because we still that was two thousand four. Sixteen years later, we still we we still doing music and arguably doing it at a higher well not arguably but we're doing it at a better level but arguably yeah, we're but doing more than what we did before. So it kind of worked out in the end. Yeah, man. And I, and I said the last time when I was on here, man, I was talking about how when I first came in the military, as soon as I got in, doggone trick daddy was was, was popping. I was like, man, I got to get back home. I got to get back home to Miami because I had been yeah. trying to get on all those years. You know, all, all the slip and slide and everybody, you know, people I know, you know what I'm saying, uh, from slip and slide, you know, records with, with shot money mark, you know what I mean? People I knew who was on slip and slide records, they, you know what I mean, they getting famous. So I was ready. I mean, I was, you know, I was trying to get out, man. I, I was like ready. You, you was like, man, you, you got to kind of calm down because I, I was probably going to destroy my, you know, whatever military career I was going to have. And, you know, I appreciate you. I always say that, man. You kind of talked me off the ledge with a lot of stuff because I was wanting to jump on dudes every day if I could because, you know, I was just mad. You know what I mean? But, you know, um, I, I you know, it just, it just so, it just when, when, you know, it, I, it, it took a different turn 
But in that beginning, I was really wanting to get out. And then what after I did my four years, we, we met each other. We kind of talked about it again and we wasn't ready then and we stayed in. And like I said, at the time, you know, everybody got to make, and I understand what you're saying, practicality. At the time, I was so passionate. I just saw what I wanted to see. And I think, you know, as time went on, you know, we, we, you know, it, it was some contention between us at, at points, man. But I think as we became, you know, adults and as brothers, we realized, man, we we, we, we who we are, man. We can, we can still do what we do. And matter of fact, like you said, I think we a hundred times better now than we were when we was, you know, younger. Uh, yeah. And I think we we just we just we just uh you know it, it worked out, and I think it worked out for the better for both for, for both of us. Yeah. You know. This episode is brought to you in part by Audio Swim. Go to audioswim.com today and upload your tracks for as little as five dollars a track. Premier Element UAE. Go to www.premierelement.com and get your representation. They don't do just music, they do sports as well. And also, get the plugs. Go to www.gettheplugs.com. Enter in code INT15 on checkout and you will get a 15% discount. Oh, and you don't have to pay for them up front. They also accept Suzzle. Now back to the show. That's a hundred, man. So um, let me go on to this next question, man. Let's let's, let's roll on. Um, how <coughs> has the military complimented your art? Uh, or, you know, your hip hop, your music. Um, I guess that's complimented, complimented. In many ways, I mean, as far as as far as being an artist, from what from what I've seen from the artists that that I've seen that I gravitate the most toward, it doesn't matter what genre, whatever it is, experience, yeah. experience. Being being in the being in the military provided me a lot of experiences that I wouldn't have growing up in Chicago. When I was growing up in Chicago, Chicago is a very segregated city. You had a north side, the east side, which is really the south side, and then you had a south side and you got the west side. The north side is kind of a mix, but it's predominantly white. Um, west side is predominantly black. East side is part of the south side, which is predominantly black. So it's a very segregated city. So my experiences was within that 312-773-708 area. So as an artist, if I would have stayed there, I wouldn't have been able to write or expound on a lot of things I was able to going to the military. Going to the military allowed me the first opportunity to be on a plane, allowed me the first opportunity <laughs> me too. Uh, to go out the country multiple times. Yep. So going to these different places, traveling, meeting different people, being experienced into different cultures, learning a little bit Spanish, you know, um, being introduced to South South um, South Asia, um, Korea. So the military complement my art as far as experiences. The more experiences you get as a writer, the more in depth you become. So it affected me like that, but it also complimented me as far as where I'm at right now, I'm retired. The experiences that I got when I was in the military, the skills I got 
allow me to do a lot of things with my talent and music that I just didn't have the resources to do. Now, if I want to go buy a video, I could buy a video. If I want to go do this, I can do this. If I hit the studio, do that. Um, whatever I need to do, I can do it because the military, the experiences, the retirement, the uh, resources that I acquired from the military allow me to do the things. It allows me the flexibility to do the things that I'm doing right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. So, I, it's the same thing here, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, um, you know, I had experiences when I first came in the military, but that, you know, I, I think you came in, you were 17. I came in when I was like 21, 22. So I already had a job. I was, I was a manager at Walmart when I first came in. I, I, I had a whole lot of different experiences. So I had, a, you know, I had some, but definitely going on the plane for the first time, going to Lackland and those experiences I had when I went to Lackland, uh, right. going to San Angelo, Texas. I'm like, what the hell is, where is San Angelo, Texas? Going to the Panama City, never been to Panama City, Florida, and then, you know, going overseas and stuff like that, man. That, that definitely, mm -hmm. and we, we do, and I'm sure, you know, we talk about it some more, man, but we always will reference things about where we've been in, in our music because th yeah. that was the experiences that we had. So when the, the one thing about military dudes is you're going to get their experiences about the military and their music a lot of times. Some way, some form of fashion, we find a way to put it in there. Diversity. I mean... Being, being, I mean, yeah. being diversity, because here's the thing. When I first started out, when I first started in the military, I mean, my 17 years mostly was around African-Americans. Mostly, with the exceptions when I stayed on the North side. But even then, it was, it was African-Americans and Latinos, you know, Caucasians every now and then. But it's mostly African-Americans. Now... Diversity complements talent like this. When I first started, when I first started um, rapping, I was just a battle rapper, very one dimensional, very one dimensional. So being in the military allowed me to learn how to code switch, be diverse. You know, <laughs> you know, like when we was in Panama. You know, what I mean, when we was rapping on the stage and they had a rap battle, but I wasn't diverse. I didn't want to rap over Master P. So I got booed. You see what I'm yeah. So, so yes, that diversity, that diversity comes in. That diversity comes in because now it's like I got an ear. I'm more open to write to anything you give to me right now. So yeah, that's the place. Yeah, man. I, and, and for the record, I did rap over Master P that night. I did. Yeah. I tried yeah, to convince him, but he was like, yeah. "No, nah, I need my beat. You know, shook one. Put this shook yeah. ones on." The Panamanians was not feeling sugars that night. Right. right. <laughs> it was not feeling it that night. But it's, it's an experience, man. It's a learning experience. And, and, and you know, those, those are those moments in time we're talking about that, that shapes who you are as an individual and is shaping you who you are as a man right now. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, man. So, yeah, that, that was an excellent. That was an excellent answer, man. You know, I, I like that, man. I, it, it was good. Um, the next question is, what was your most... I probably know this answer, but I'm gonna let. <laughs> I think I know this answer, but I'm, I'm gonna go ahead on. I'm gonna let you let you throw it out. What was your most inspirational moment while serving? Inspirational as far as my military career or hip hop. Um, uh, as far as hip hop, like I uh, mean, being in the military and, and something that that was inspirational while you was in there, it, it be it's inspired you to keep going. Or inspire you to, to not keep going, whatever, whatever was 
you know, something that kind of, you know. I mean, it's it's so many. It's like that's like asking, that's like asking like who the greatest MC is. Like you know, you got it's levels. You know what I'm saying? It's it's, it's top. I mean. I can't pinpoint one. It's, it's like I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you four, just briefly. Mm-hmm. First, the the first first is when I met you. First, when I met you, because up until up until when I met you in '96, I wasn't writing at all. I wasn't writing at all. I was like years. It was like maybe three or four years since I wrote. Matter of fact, the first. Before you, I first when I was writing it back in '93, when I first went into basic, it just passed time. But so that, um, Korea when we was performing live, when we first started performing live. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, first yeah. started performing live. That was a very. At that point, things changed. That things changed for me after that, as far as mm-hmm. as far as being a performer. Um, Panama, Definitely. Panama. We was we was on the stage. Mm-hmm. We had a rap battle in this one club called Dreams. Of course, and, um, all the all MCs was getting on the stage, but um, something happened that night. I don't know if you remember. It. I'm I'm gonna refresh your memory. They had a rap battle, and um, <laughs> they called all the rappers on the stage, and so they played certain beats, and it was my time to come up when they played. Um, they played Master P, make him say on. Uh, this is like yeah. 98. So the tank, the tank was running it back then, 98. That's no. what I wrapped off of that night. Yeah, you didn't want to wrap off of make him say uh. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to the pre- the previous thing you we talked about diversity. <laughs> At that point in time, our diversity was low. Yeah. <laughs> that the diversity training that we get in the military translated to hip hop. So I was like, no, I ain't rapping over that. So need to say, I got booed. I got booed, booed off the stage. You came up there next. They put it on for you to rap. And they was like, but that ain't how the night ended. I know. Go Shortly after that. Something happened. The lights went out. Yeah, I remember. The The power went out. So me being competitive that I am, I started a cipher. So I said, I got on the stage. All the real MCs come up north right now. And the the, the MCs that start forming like Voltron all around. And without no music, without no sound, we had a cipher right there. Now, it was about maybe 12 MCs going back and forth, going back and forth, going back and forth. And finally, the last two MCs were standing was me and Seven. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yeah. Now, I at the time, I didn't know who Seven was. Seven was an MC we met. We don't even know his real name. His name <laughs> never knew his real name. All we knew he was in the army and he went by that's, the name. That's kind of like Rubik's Cube. I'm sure we're gonna get to him eventually. It's like Rubik's Cube. This guy was cold blooded. He was cold. <laughs> so he was going back and forth. So needless to say, 
even though I got booed off the stage, you know what I'm saying? I still left with the respect of all the real MCs because me and him was going back and forth. So that's the third one. And the last one was in South Carolina, 2009. We met Rakim. I face knew that face. was coming. <laughs> I knew face. that was coming. Yes, face sir. To face. face to face. Face to face. Rakim, Rakim, Rakim is my favorite MC all time. My all ass time. Ass. I wouldn't ever, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for him. Me Period. Too. Me Many, too. If, if you're an MC, if you're an MC, and you got skills, if you got rhyme skills, you have a lyrical pedigree to Rakim. Because so, if you get inspired by Rakim, the guy that inspired you, that inspired you, that inspired you, that inspired you, yes, sir. more than likely was inspired by Rakim. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, <laughs> you met Rakim, he was performing. I never forget, you know. He's on the stage, looking bigger than life. The arsenal. I got a Tyrion Lewis ammo rhymes. I'd rather than a given piano. Bring a book to that's nothing ricochet. I'm just like this, like oh, God. it's the God. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, just, grown men crying. You know, grown men crying. Grown men crying. Tears. Men six foot, six foot plus, two hundred pounds. Just tears coming out of because they just seeing the God and and, and the thing is, rock him. He's bigger than life, but he's like five foot seven, five yeah. foot. It don't even matter, you know what I'm saying? He he might as well he might as well have been walking with a supernatural bodyguard that night. It didn't even matter. But later that night, hey, that kid had the softest hands I ever felt in my life. I shook his hand. I like man, that kid ain't worked a day in his life. He just been gripping mics. He he did he did. But I'm gonna tell you what though, coolest coolest cat you can ever know. Yes sir. Yes sir. Ever know? We got back. We, we the, the the show was over. Everybody met back with Rakim. Rakim had like two guys with him. That's but it. What, it really didn't even matter because ain't nobody finna roll up on Rakim. No, it's sir. not. No, it's sir. not happen. It's not. It, it, period. It's nothing happen. Mm -mm. We chilling. We we chilling out there with the God. About a good hour, and um. I never been afraid to rhyme, but that night I was so awestruck that it was like I could I couldn't even speak. And you knew he was just talking to us after the show. He was just talking to us it was about maybe fifteen guys out there yeah. just shooting shooting. I remember I remember when, I remember when Pat was like, you know, you know, I used to I grew up on Two Live Crew, but I started listening to you. He was like, word. I was, I was like, yo, what's I said up? no more Two Live Crew. <laughs> I said that was it. <laughs> cool, cool, cool as a cool as a fan. Yeah, man. Ultra cool humble, man. ultra humble. But man. I never did. I shook the God hand, and I just felt some power just come over me. And I went home, and I went home, and I, I went to the hotel room that night, and I probably written written about two hundred rhymes, two hundred two hundred bars that night. Easy. I was just that inspired by Rock Him, but. I think that was probably the most. I think that was probably the most memorable. There's well, other memories. Hey, was, I thought you were gonna say when we rhymed with Coolio. No, I'm just. I'm just <laughs> Coolio, man. <laughs> yeah, let me let me take a sip on that one too. Let me know. 
get my water. Let me get my water. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I was gonna say some of the same thing, man. When I first met you, um, that night with Rock Him, when the career was another one. And I'll tell you another one that was inspirational for me. And that, that's this on the production side. Because I mean, I, I was in the music, I was in the band growing up. I was in the, you know what I'm saying? I was in the band in, in basic training. I did a lot of that, man, but I didn't really know I had talent as far as production. I didn't know I could produce. And, mm -hmm. you know, the, like, the, you know, the Rock Him was a big one. But before that, this is me, you, and my cousin Dez. Shout, you know what I'm saying? Shout, shout out New Money. One time, New Money, you know, check out his music. He hot, you know, one of the hottest, uh, you know, MCs in Miami Dade County for sure. Uh, um, but we was on our way. Oh, you came out of Miami. We was on our way. We were trying to get somebody to make beats. Because up in that point, we were trying to, we would just rap off of other people's stuff. And we were trying to, you know, we would hook up people here and there. We really didn't have no direction as far as production. And um, here's a testament to y'all young cats out there that's doing music. Here's another thing. You know what I'm saying? You're doing music out there about taking your career and taking your fate into your own hands. This is a story about that. So we had hooked up with this dude. And he was like, yeah, 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 you know what I'm saying? Meet me in, 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 um, in Fort Lauderdale. We meet him at a certain time in Fort Lauderdale. Mm -hmm. So we done, me and him, my cousin Dez, we jump in the car, drive all the way from Miami to Fort Lauderdale, get up there, and the dude is ghost. He ghosts us. So we up here like, man, we ain't got, we can't make no music. This cat put a straight halt to everything we planned on doing. That day, me and him in a huddle, we got together like, yo, we need to do something about this. We started researching and saying, what can we do? I bought, I know people laugh now, you know, it, it was a thing then. We bought us a, a Coral Triton, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we paid $3,500, I think, for that Coral Triton. Like that. And, and the back back up before that, you got to think, back up before that, I was stationed in Key West. You was in Tampa. So yep. before that happened, you drove down from Tampa to Miami. I drove from Key West to Miami, and we linked up. Got new money. Yep. And then we went up to Fort Lauderdale. And the guy, we were talking to him the whole time. We it was a minute away. And we talked to him. He said, Yeah, yeah. Got the address. Got there. Cat never answered the phone. No. We were sick. We were sitting around sick. We, we were shook that day. We were like, okay, what we gonna do? And, and, and we got together, put our money. This this is a testament of friendship. And trust. We put our money together. We put pool out there, fifteen hundred a piece. Put our money together. Pool bought a, tr a cord triton. I ain't never worked a cord triton in my life. My life, trial and error. I sat there, started making beats, and I said, "Well, man, the stuff I started making was hot." And I just got better with it. I was like, "Man, you know," and and, and, and my production skills kind of they 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 start coming in, man. And that, that's one of the moments I said, "Okay, now I know I'm straight now because I know we don't need nobody." We don't need yep. purgatory, you know, op solo and conscious rhymes at the time at academics act rhymes. We don't need nobody. We just got us. And from that moment on, we've been self-sufficient. I don't need nobody to make a beat. We want to rhyme. I say, yo, I got a beat for you. Boom. I throw him a beat. We get on the beat. We don't mm -hmm. need nobody to do no music for, for us. You know what I mean? We took our career. We took our fate in our own hands. So that was one of my moments when I was like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, we 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 this this is it right here. You know, I think I think this is an inspirational moment, and we could do so, it. So many, so many, man, so many. But that that one with Rock him. When I told him that, he started laughing at me. But all I remember from that night, man, was that cat hands. It was so doggone soft. You know, I, I thought about but with that movie Life, when 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 uh, when when Jane Lane was like hands all soft and supple. 
like a lady. <laughs> That's all I thought. But no, nah, it was it was it was Rock Kim, so I had to throw that out my head real real quick. <laughs> so ne ne next question, man. Wrong. This, this this is a serious one. I asked this to Black. Now I'm gonna ask it to you. And I got another question after that. I'm gonna ask to, to piggyback on that. So, so we all watch the news. And and, and I, I like I said before, I'm not gonna make this a a, a, a truly political uh, a forum because I really want to stay hip hop. I want to stay for the talent of the people that want to come on here and they want to showcase their music. But I I'm gonna ask you real life stuff because the stuff that's going on. And and I, and, and this is basically a military type feeling. And, you know, and so I said, you know what, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there again and ask this question to you, and I might ask it again to another person. I don't know. As long as this situation is 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 out there, it's something that we all uh, are experiencing. So my question is, what do you feel? How do you feel knowing that many of the people that stormed the Capitol, call them insurrectionists, call them whatever you want to call them, were our fellow military members? It might have been some people you served with. It might have been some people that I served with. They at points they wore the uniform and they defended our country. You know what I mean? They 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 deployed, they did all the things that we did as military members. They stormed the the capital, the uh, you know, the hub, the 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 headquarters of of, of, of these United States of America, what we was fighting to defend. So, you know, my question is, what you what you think about that? <laughs> Take a sip. <laughs> I'm about to take one too. <laughs> Go ahead. Clear your throat. <laughs> oh man, what I think about that? Nothing. Used to it. Used to it. I mean, to be honest with you, I wasn't surprised that they did that. I was not. I was surprised that nothing happened before the inauguration day. That's what I was surprised. Um, nobody should be surprised at that. Donald Trump was elected. Donald Trump was elected in 2016. Donald Trump showed America what he was before he got elected. I mean... We we can we people we can sit back and we we can debate politics, um, we can debate that, but as far as a person's character, that's something you can't debate. Um, when you have an individual that never served in the military, an individual that defected from serving in the military, an individual that defected from serving in the military and speaking negatively on a sitting senator, an individual that defected the military, speaking badly on a sitting senator who was a POW, who happens to be in the same party as him? That says a lot. That says a lot. If you don't know nothing about politics, you don't know nothing about economy, you don't know nothing about um, nothing. You can be the, the everyday rank and file average person to know that something about that is really, really wrong. There's many, many things that we can go on to say. You know, I, I try not to, <clears throat> I try not to get into the, the debatable things, the economy, what he did for. I try not to get in those things. 
I get into things where the going back to your question, you said how did it make you feel? It really didn't make me feel nothing because he got elected. 73 million people voted for him. Wasn't a surprise. That's half, <clears throat> that's almost half of the voting populace that voted for him. So to see those people do what they did and to actually see how the Capitol Police reacted, taking selfies with him, um, allowing him to do certain things, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised. A lot of the things that I experienced in the military, I experienced a lot of bad things in the military as far as I experienced a lot of dissension when Obama took office and I experienced a lot of dissension when he took off, when he, when he, when he was um, 2017. But um, I experienced a lot of that. So to see what happened at the Capitol, standard, standard operating procedures to me. When, like I said, I, I don't like to get into the political. I just like to talk about the things that anyone can see, no matter what race, and say, you know what, that's wrong. When we saw what happened to George Floyd in live TV, four police officers, I don't give a care who he was before. I don't I don't care what he did in that store. But when you have a man down on his neck for eight plus minutes and you see the life coming out of him and you have people feminine and you have individuals when you have individuals that was on the scene telling them, you know, move them and nothing happened. Nothing surprised me. So no, I wasn't. I wasn't surprised at all. They did what they did. Yeah, man. Um, it, 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 when, it, when, it, when you're talking about, I know you're talking about John McCain. Um, yes. I, I guess what the guess the shock for me was the silence of people. Man, this man served his country. Now, the, the crazy thing about John McCain, maybe many, many don't know, his his father was an admiral, and he could have went home several times. Several times. Now, you know, maybe his politics wasn't my politics. Maybe I didn't agree with a lot of things he said or whatever over the years. One thing is commendable. And I don't know if you or me or any other vet or military member watching this podcast right now would do the same thing. You say you would, but you ain't in this man's shoes. This right. man, they was like, we're going to send you home because your father's an admiral. He's like, no, nah, I'm staying. You ain't sending everybody home. I'm staying right, right here. They got broke up more. They broke this man even more. Broke him up. He can't even move his arms. They gave him up. And and the, the thing would, would, would bother me and all vets out there, all military members, I don't care who you are, you should feel some kind of way that the silence. I mean, you should, silence. You should, I mean, for me, when that point hit, it was like nothing surprises you out there. I mean, it's... it's oh, man. Nobody said nothing. He's been degraded. Nobody said a word. I mean, McCain was a was a POW. I mean, yep. he was a POW, and like you said, he had opportunities to, to, to go home, but he didn't. He was the ranking, yeah. the ranking person, and he took he took the he took the most he took the most malicious treatment because he was he was the person in charge, yep. and uh, he 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 did he served honorably. And like I said, if your your politics might not be mine, this might not be that. But the thing is, when you see somebody. Coming at somebody like that, 
who and, and you never served and you and you I, I can't remember the exact quote but it was something to the liking of you know the type of the type of um guys we like is the and I'm speaking in kind of paraphrasing basically he was saying the type of the type of POWs we like is the ones that don't get captured with some to that likings. Yeah, he was, um, what was it? Yeah. I can't remember exactly. It's, it's so, heroes, it's so, heroes don't get captured or something like that. Heroes don't get captured. Basically, it was some to that liking. It was basically diminishing um, McCain's service. And like I said, you know, any, anybody that, anybody that got the cojones to put on, the uniform and serve honorably and especially among the elite POWs and live and come back and be a senator. Yeah. You get a speak for me. Yeah. I, mean, for me. I, I definitely felt that way. And, and like I said, it it kind of bothered me here, you know, knowing that a lot of these do, and I just start coming out, them guys that, you know, the, the, the insurrectionists was, was military members. I just, you know, and I guess you I guess you're right, man. I guess sometimes it is like, you know, as a matter of fact. Uh, uh, you know, uh, there's a diversity study that's out there that, that the Air Force put out. You haven't seen it? Go check it out. Uh, a lot of us live through this stuff, so we already know it's not no secrets uh, about what 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 went on and what what continues to go on. So much so that I just got an email the other day. You know, I'm, I'm still a you know I still work. I'm I'm still uh out here in in this uh in, in this federal world. You know, and and we got an email the other day talking about uh stand down. The secretary of the defense is like, we're going to have a stand down just to, to, to weed out some of these people that's out there, that's, that's, that's out there, you know. And, and some of them was was it was rushing that White House, was rushing the Capitol the other day. I, I'm just, I don't know, man. And like I said, I'm not one to talk about this stuff. I know it's hip hop, and but it, but it, it's, we are military members. It's military guys watching this show. So I just thought it was something that, you know, and I'm sure some of them feel the same way. The one female, the one female that got that killed, she was, she was, um, I think she was in the National Guard. She was in, the, she was in the National Guard. The one female got, yeah, got Air Force. Say again. She was Air Force. Yep. Yeah. So it, it was. I mean, I've, I like I said, this quick story. When right before I retired, I was the, um, I work in what they call a operation center, and um. I had clashed with a, a Fulberg colonel for using the N-word on the ops floor during a during a brief. And I was I was the ranking, I was the ranking NCRC. I was a master sergeant, E7, but he was the overall person. And um he just used it flippantly on the floor. And you have a JAG who was also a 06, a JAG is the top lawyer for him. Um you had other officers, you had a um, and no one said nothing. I was the only person. And um, the way the change was, and uh, I asked him, kind of talk to him for a second, and uh, we talked. I don't want to say nothing on the ops floor because the enlisted guys was under me, but everybody was under him. So I pulled him to the side, talked to him, and I'm going to ask him, I said, sir, you, you, you know, do you think it's professional to be using? I told him, I came to him like this. I said, sir, we serve in the world's most powerful Air Force. You think it's professional to use that type of language? And then he came to me with the legal saying, is it illegal for me to use that word? And um, now this is a 06. I'm an E7. So this is a full bird colonel. So I had to use wisdom. And I told him, I said, sir, as far as the legal aspect, I don't know it. But I tell you this, there are airmen on that flow. Do you think with the history that this country been through, 
slavery, Jim Crow, black codes, slave codes. Current day, do you think it's, and you have African-Americans, you have different people, different races. Do you think that that word is conducive to overall operations in this AOC? He was like, no, you're right. And then he apologized for it. So mm -hmm. nobody else did. Yeah, man. So like I said, I'm not surprised. Yeah. And, and, and to be honest with you, me neither, man. Me neither, man. So I got it. Yeah, man. So my I'ma move, I'm gonna try, you know, say you like about an hour, but me and you probably gonna go over, but it's fine though, because we got a good topic. We on, we on, we on, we on point. So uh uh the next question I got for you is, man, and, and you know, and you know, the impeachment trial is on the second. This imp impeachment trial is going on. Uh, you know, um, I think everybody is pretty already certain that that you know it's, it did. There's going to be an acquittal. Person, you know, the person that we many of us feel incited this riot. So you might have a different belief. That's fine. I, I mean, whatever. Uh, that's that's your that's your beliefs. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, this person look like they're going to be acquitted. So that so I just want you know know you know what 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 do you think about this impeachment trial? Uh, you know, do you feel the same way that that I know he gonna I feel he's gonna be acquitted, and I, I'm, just, I'm just curious to see if you feel the same way. I haven't been following it. Um, I guess I caught something. I got I caught something from different people saying that I guess the Republican senators. I guess they're supposed to be the jurors because it's an appeal. The senators are juror. And some of the senators left out during the deliberate. I, I don't I don't know, but I'm I, I think it's a joke. I'll be honest with you. I, I really think it's a joke. I think it's a joke because um I'll be surprised if anything come out of this negative with um but Donald Trump, I'd be I'd be very surprised that any negative backlash come out this um trial. I'd be surprised if we. I'd be surprised if the trial completes. I'd be surprised if if if, 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 if um if something comes out. He's actually impeached with both both parties of Congress, the Senate, the Senator, and um. House, I'd be surprised if anything negative come out. I really would be. I'm, I'm, I'm with you too. I mean, you know, I ain't gonna beat this to death, man. We're gonna move on to the next question, but I'm just gonna throw this, and I'm just gonna say this, you know, um, you know, and, and it's people to thank for themselves, and, and, and it's up to you to, to make your decisions. I'm not either one way or the other, you know what I mean? Because you know, it, it depends on it depends on who's 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 running, who I might vote for. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm, I'm independent out there. It depends who it is. If I like them, I might vote for them. Uh, um, you know, but I just ask, and I ask this question, and I'm leaving it like this: What if former President Obama had done the exact same thing, and there were a bunch of Black Lives Matter uh, people, people that that's fighting over police brutality, and they all decided, he said, "Hey, I need you to go and walk down there, and I'll meet you down there," and they did that, and all of them decided to storm the Capitol because they wanted laws passed the way they want to pass it, or whatever it is. Well, I wonder what the outcome would have been, and, and I wonder what people would feel right now. You ask me? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I throw it out there to you, but you know, I'm just saying it. I'm just saying what. The, the out, what would have been the outcome? 
It would have been a massacre. I, I think the same. It would have been a massacre. <laughs> yep. Yep. I don't know who else thinking that way, but it would have been a massacre. Period. I mean, I didn't agree with a lot of the things President Obama did, but President Obama, when he was in office, he received a lot of backlash. He he actually, in his eight years, he received a lot of more backlash as a president than Donald Trump did. In my, in my personal opinion, I mean... When he had on a tan suit, it was like, oh, he's wearing the tan suit. It's like, he's very unprotected. You know, and the, 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 the ironic thing was is that a lot of the individuals that was talking about the tan suit, mm -hmm. they haven't been really, 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 really talking bad about some of a lot of the things that was going on and during Trump's presidency. But, you know, I don't want to I want to play. Republican, Democrat, because it happens on both ends. The hypocrisy, the, hypo the, hypo the hypocrisy, you know, if if I honestly believe it goes both ways. It does. I mean, that, that's one thing that in my modern 45-year life and for, as long as I can go back to remember, I can, I can remember back into the 70s. So yeah. Jimmy Carter, late 70s, you know, I was four, five, but going into the 80s, I remember things back from when Reagan was in power, Bush first, senior, um, and it was just, it was just always the opposite side. Mm -hmm. You know, it was always the opposite side. It was like, if it was, I mean, that was something that happened in, in President Obama, just to be fair, that was one thing that happened in President Obama um, on when he was, when he was president is when, um, when they was, they was, um, they was pursuing Hillary Clinton for those um, classified emails. Mm -hmm. And previous President Clinton just so happens to randomly meet up with the attorney general at the time at an airport in Arizona. And the whole place was closed off. And this was right before her trial. And then next thing you know, you know, they wasn't going to pursue. So it's, it's hypocrisy on both sides. But, you it know. Is. It is, man. You know, what I mean, I, I I saw it. You just just for us to know out there that all these yeah. mandatory sentences you got with people in jail for years and years and years, Democrat did that. So just yeah. don't think it's one way or the other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, 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 you know, it go both ways, man. So, but I ain't gonna beat it to death. This hip hop. You know what I'm saying? We are gonna move on. You know, I got about three more questions, and I'm gonna let my man you know do his thing uh, lyrically. Uh, so the next question is, um, what obstacles did you face? as an artist in the military. I, I know some, but I'm gonna let you, you know, tell us what obstacles you face as a, you know, as a, you know, in, in a, as an artist in the military. Um, the psychological, psychological obstacle. Um, the way the military, the way the military is designed, the military is designed to take the best, the best years of your life. That's the way it's designed. They put things in front of you, you know, and they say, okay, we're going to give you this, we're going to give you that, we're going to give you this and give you that. And the thing is, when you're young, when you're young, you really don't understand the value of your life. A lot of times you're just in survival, like for me. Um, it was, 
being able to take care of myself. Um, and my family come from my mom, two sisters. Um, dad, I knew I knew my dad, but I really wasn't really with him a lot. But I definitely knew him, and you know, spent time with him. But for the most part, it was mostly me, my mom, and my two sisters. And um, we was poor, very very poor. I was the first person in my family to actually go to college out of my, you know what I mean? So they put the things above you, psychological obstacle, and they give you this, they give you that, they give you this, they give you that, they give you this, and they give you all the things you need for survival, and they give you a little bit more in return of your youth, your time, and you. And the thing is, when you're young, you don't really understand the potential where you can go and do something else. So that was one of the big. That was one of the biggest obstacles. It was a psychological thing, and that was a uh, that played a that played a heavy that played a heavy. Um, that was a that was a big decision factor back in 2004 when it came time when we was talking about going out and pursuing mm. a dream because it was like that that psychological. It was like okay, what I'm giving up. So that was one of the biggest obstacles I had to overcome. Another obstacle was people. People doubting, you know, the doubt. And um, the lack of support. That's another thing. <laughs> yeah. the, the lack of support. Um, the people you would think that would support you don't support. And um, as any, anyone... Anyone that's trying to get into business, no matter what you're doing, that's a driving factor. If you if you can have your if you can have your support system pushing you, and um, that was one of the biggest things for me. At one point in time, a couple of years ago, I actually stopped. I actually stopped doing hip hop because of that. I saw where hip hop was going. It wasn't support for the type of you know positivity. It wasn't. Well, let me change that. It was support. But it was very minimum compared to the golden years, the way it was before, before the financial aspect came into hip hop. Everything changed. Everything evolves. But but um those are the obstacles psychologically, psychological obstacle, the um support obstacle, and the um what the other thing I said? Um can't remember the, the, the <laughs> what that was. Um, okay, okay. damn it, I'm getting old. We, we are, we both are, man. It's probably this whole thing back to remember with the, with the. But those obstacles, those obstacles I mentioned, those are the obstacles I had to get over. Yeah, man. Far. Yeah, man. I, I think I think it's some of the same thing. You know, for me, I think mine was um, mostly you know some of the same stuff you said, man. And then, and then you know, I, I, people be laughing, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I was really serious about what I because everybody ain't good at whatever they good at, man. I wasn't no football player. You know, I do music. I, I love my music. I, you know, I, I was just that type of kid, man, type of guy coming up, man. And people be laughing at you. You serious about what you writing down, man. I mean, I can remember one time, we, we still partners. I ain't going to say no name. We still friends. But I can remember almost getting a fight with my supervisor. Who was a master sergeant? I was E six at the time because he was laughing at me. He was laughing at my stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I took that serious. We was about to box. We stopped the car. You know what I mean? Because this is serious, man. To me, you laughing. Me and you just—they don't know that me and you just drove 
from from something South Carolina to Columbia, South Carolina, spent thousands of dollars. I, man, I found one of those sheets the other day of how much money we spent in the studio, how much money, how much blood, sweat, tears, and years we put into this in hours making rhymes and making beats and me and you together, my son at the time sitting on my lap and you you know our, our women at the time mad at us because we in the studio all the time and we spent hours. Blood, sweat, years, and tears, and our stuff, and this cat laughing. Oh, heat, man! I, man, I could see the, the the heat was pouring out my, you know, what I'm saying, out my ears. I was so mad. I was like, man, I, man, why you? It ain't funny, you know. I, I was like, rock him, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Stop smiling. Still don't nothing move but the money. I'm not laughing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying this ain't no joke. And so it was just, it's like you said, the support, man. People laughing at you, you know, thinking that you is just a joke because you. I mean, don't nobody laugh at rock dudes. Anybody laughing at rock stars or rock and roll cats when they go playing in bands at night or they go stand up on stage? They could be 50, 40, 50 years old on stage, you know what I'm saying, going to rock out and play bass guitar or whatever. Hip-hop started in the 70s, you know what I'm saying? We we we, we are hip-hop. We ain't no age on hip-hop. I mean, what the hell? You know what I mean? What's the So what's funny? But they laughing, you know what I'm saying? They thought it was funny, but no, nah, I ain't the one. Don't laugh at me. Because <laughs> I'm not, I'm going to take it serious. And, and and that's what happened, man. And, and, and you know, just the, that was some obstacles for me, man. Just this people thinking it's funny, laughing, you know, joking. I, I think I said some some other stuff, something similar to that when I, you know, when I told him black, when I asked the same question to black, man, and he was talking about stuff. But for me, it just made me mad, man. This dude, my supervisor, we in uniform. We about to break out and start fighting. But I didn't care because I'm like, this ain't funny. Because I know what me and you went through. I know. <laughs> How many hours we stayed in the studio? I know what it took and how much money we spent. And it was my, it was our CD. I was proud of our CD, man. We 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 put our money, we pressed it up, we made our own company, we did our own thing. We sold that stuff, that sucker out the trunk. Out the trunk, it was me and you. So yeah, we felt some kind of way, man. But yeah, I got you, man. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I kind of felt the same way. Um, my my next question is, um, do you or do you? did you or do you put any experiences from the military in your song? I think we kind of talked about something like that earlier, but you know, I, I mean, just incidents. And, and I, I just know, you know, for me, I, I do put some of that stuff. We talk about Panama sometime Korea. And, and I think you do some of the same, you know, you put some of those experiences in your rhyme too, but you know, what, 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 you know, do you, or uh, uh, did you, or do you still put those experiences that you had in the military in your song? course all the time i mean that's that i was in for 25 years so uh that that, that was 20 I'm, I'm 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 45 now 25 so more than half my life was in the military so of course yeah i mean many many songs i mean we, uh, the first album the i mean a mixtape. We talking about. We talking about. You know, a lot of, lot of, lot of that stuff on our mixtape. Darion Steen, when you Darion know, Steen for my album. You know what I mean? Just, I mean, uh, Babylon's Eve. Yep. Uh, my first Hank, album. Yep. Box. I mean, the stuff we working on now. I mean, all the time, of course. Yeah, man. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, man. Uh, quarter water. Quarter. You look. You know, some of the stuff. Quarter water. Purgatory. Uh, it's, it's a mixtape is out there. A lot of experiences on that. My album is unauthorized biography of Patrick J. Wilcox. That's out there, you know. So yeah, we 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 did that a lot. Um, I think um, I think on every single project we've done and the stuff we're working on even now, we still we always talk about you know our our, our, our military experiences and things we've been through in there. Right. 
So yeah, yeah, man. Uh, marriages. We got songs. The the video. Let me love you. That video. That was a that was a big part of the experience. You know, with the personal experience. But we yeah. was in the military at the time. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of stuff for, for us, man. I mean, just yeah. <laughs> you can't help it. It, it, it. It's gonna happen. So my next question is, uh, what were some of the lessons you learned in the military? And if you could do it again, what would you have done different? To hear these episodes completely ad-free, go to www.patreon.com slash podcast. Subscribe today for as little as $3 and you will get all these episodes ad-free. Again, that's www.patreon.com slash podcast. Now enjoy the rest of the show. It ain't all about what they say. It ain't, it ain't all about, in, in the Air Force, you got the three um, core values, integrity, um, integrity, service towards the health, and excellence. It ain't all about that. It ain't all about that. That was, um, that was a lot of, that was a lot of time that I invested so much in that because I believed in it and it caused, it caused, it caused me things on my personal life that I just can't get back because I was so ate up about that. And I wasn't really, it really wasn't about that. It was, it was about that when they, it, it was like, it's like a, it's like an on and off switch. Mm-hmm. It's like if they wanted to turn it off, they had the option to turn it off. They wanted to turn it on. They could turn it on. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to turn it off with you, they can turn it off. If they wanted to turn it on with another person, they can. They want to turn it on with you. So for me, it was like I just didn't understand when that was happening. And so at that point in time, it was already at the it was already at the sunset of my career. And I have already sacrificed certain things that I just couldn't get back. So understanding it's not all what they say it is. So if if I can go if I can go back in my time if I can go back in my time machine back to 1993 and tell my younger self I would tell my younger self look understand this you carry yourself as this you have your personal thing but understand everybody's not operating on these principles that doesn't mean that doesn't mean for you to that does not mean for you to veer for them but that does mean to understand this. It's not all about that because what that would have did for me, that would have prepared me psychologically to understand that don't take it so serious. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I'm the same way, you know, and, and I try to mentor young cats, um, NCOs, CNCOs, uh, even, you know, I, I manage people now, you know I mean? I speak to them and I tell them the same thing. One thing you can never do, I think I, I think you remember me telling you this, man. You know, no matter how much rank you get, no matter how high you go in the military ranks, do not believe the hype. In the words of Flavor Flav, do not believe the hype. People are going to tell you you're the greatest. They're going to tell you all these things about yourself. Do not believe the hype. Stay grounded. Stay, stay. you know what I'm saying? Stay humble. Stay yourself. Because it's easy to get the big head. It's easy to start believing what they're telling you about yourself. Put you your first. Huh? Put your family first. Family first. <laughs> the military been here way before you. Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard. Been here waiting. You know, National Guard, Reserve. 
all these entities being here before you, but your family should always be first. You should not put your career above your family. Uh, I've learned those lessons over the years myself. But at the end of the day, do not believe the hype. Do not believe what people tell you about yourself. Stay humble. Stay yourself. Yeah. Because there's people out there looking at you, and they're going to tell you all that stuff. And they're the first ones, the first ones to, 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 to backstab you or do something to you negative. So just be humble. Stay yourself, man. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't lose. So we we at the end of the show. We went over a little bit, but I think some of the topics that we talked about was was dope. I think you know, and like I said, anybody. I want everybody who's a vet or who's a military member to come on here and and do the exact same thing. If you want to talk, we talk. This this is what this forum about. You know, I, I had to bring my man on here as my second host for for for, for the reasons we just talked about. It, was, it had to be that way. Uh, and I think this was a good conversation. I think he had a lot to say. I think we're gonna, you know, this gonna be one of those those episodes, like I promised, that people gonna gonna go back and rewind and say, Oh, did he say that? And they might learn something from this. So before I ask you, you know, you know, the websites and the social media, all this stuff, I ask you that at the end. I, I gotta get to the rhyme. So usually what happened with, with Black, uh, uh uh when he came on, I played his music. I'm not gonna play the music this time because this this is my section. Either I'm gonna play the music that you send me or let you show me something. Or we're gonna do what we call Reveille and Retreat at the end here, you know, in 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 the in the salute fashion. Reveille and Retreat. Where you come in here, you can bust us a, a, a cold 16, you can freestyle, you can do whatever you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Just make sure it's hot, make sure it's dope. You see my head nodding, I'm smiling, and you know that's what it is. So he ain't bring no, he ain't bring none of that. He finna go, he finna do old school hip hop. He finna go off the top a cappella. He gonna spit a spit a 16 for you. And then we can ask him about his other stuff, and then we go ahead and end the show. So, uh, uh, without further ado, uh, my man Opryan, do do what you do. Man, <laughs> okay, all right. Go like this. Into the dragon minus Bruce Lee with the Kung Fu grip. Solo on wax, the redacted version of Master M. Pacing in the octagon, it's a 20 degree chain belt on the back of a Master Don. Dishing out what Kane felt and Kane felt. Banished by God, wondering Easter nod. The next time you see a lost brother abroad, just give him a nod and agree to the facade of the founders created collage. You try to dodge the barrage, but it's an omnipresent mirage. It's Oz. We wise, so why we demise what we surmise? Black lives taking black lives. I was advised is on the rise. A high rise device to be tall. Lies nature, but when the tallest one Chicago can change its nomenclature, see his tower power and then can resurrect the killers, but within the pin stroke is different. So now what you talking about, Willis? A man is born. It only means you're a man of means. I feel your heart be drumming within in this morning. Skinny release it seems. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what I'm talking about. That's what that's what we do best. That's what Purgatory known for. That's what my man Op Solo known for. You come on here, bring your best dart. Bring you bring your highest 16. And you know, mm -hmm. and I, I'm gonna listen to it. You know, bring your your, your graffiti, bring your DJing, whatever you want to bring. This is what the, the salute is about. I want to thank my man Op Solo before I let him go. Hey, well, you know. What, 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 what's, your, what's your social media sites? Any websites? Most of the stuff is going to be my stuff, too. But go ahead, man. You can go. Um, we just dropped a video. It's called The Gimp. You can go check that out. It's, it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. It's called The Gimp. Um, G-I-M-P. That's um, Heaven and Earth. Heaven and Earth featuring Conscious Rhymes. Yes, sir. You can go check that out. You can also check out our um, Purgatory video, Let Me Love You. You go check that out. <clears throat> That's on YouTube as well. You can check me out on Op Solo 
1996 on I, on um, IG. Check me out on Facebook, Talib Talib Lael T A L I B L A E L. You can check that out. Um, a lot of the a lot of the um, conscious a lot of the conscious rhyme um, conscious rhyme um, YouTube channels. You can go check us out. We got a lot of stuff on there as well too. You can also go check us out on. Um, Check me out on some of the some of the music that's on Donny Fab channel. That Donny Fab, aka Heaven, he was in the group. We got Andromeda. Me and him, we working on some music right now. You can go check some of the music we got out on his channel as well too. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, like like I said before, you can check out our mixtape Purgatory. Our mixtape is called Quarter Water. Uh, that Piff. You want to look for it? We'll hear some more of these darts. They out there, man. So. Yeah, uh, appreciate it, man. You know, what I'm saying we're gonna do this again next time around. You know, I'm gonna talk to you here real, real soon, man. We're gonna we're gonna chop it up. So, uh, you know, I appreciate everybody for watching. Y'all have a good night, man. You know, what I'm saying remember, we always in the service of dreams. Peace. Peace.